I'm doing shit all. The, re- the reason why my life is meaningless is because I'm meaningless. I'm doing nothing. I'm doing nothing to put meaning in anything. But this man that works two jobs, works a fucking factory jobs and works at fucking Tim Hortons, gave meaning to Tim Hortons. So what the fuck am I complaining about? What the fuck am I complaining about working an eight-hour job five days a week? That's a full-time job. What am I complaining about? I'm complaining that I have a job. I'm complaining that I'm making money. I'm complaining that I can provide. What the fuck am I complaining about? This man works seven days a week and doesn't complain. Welcome back to another episode of the Statues Podcast. With me, I have my co-host, Crystal. And on today's podcast, I wanted to start it off with a quote before we go ahead. Life in itself has no meaning. Life is an opportunity to create meaning. And why I wanted to start with that quote was for the simple reason that I actually resonate with that quote quite a bit. I feel like many people may not understand it and are either going through something that one day will then understand what this quote means. When we go through things in our life, at that current time, it has no meaning to us, whether it be uh, a breakup, whether it be, um, you know, uh, family troubles, whether it be personal troubles. At that time, we look at it as if it has no meaning and you kind of just stuck in the moment of agony, hate, resentment, right? But now that I'm at an age where I can reflect back onto my life when I was going through certain things in my teens and my early 20s, I look back and I realize that I realize that now a lot of the things that I didn't see had meaning have meaning to me now as a 28-year-old. Is it like the life lessons that you learn from like your parents, your grandparents that at the time you think was really annoying. It was like a nuisance, almost like nagging. But then as you grow older, whatever it is that they had to say or even just did to show you, it, it really it really reflects now and is more important in your adulthood. I guess so. Like is when it, we look at things, right, especially when adults tell us these things when we're kids, we really don't see what they're trying to say. And even if we do, it's not to the full to the full meaning or perspective that the adult is coming from that we understand. Is it like that saying where um, where our parents tell us you'll understand when you're older? Yeah, I think it has a lot to do with that right there is you'll understand when you're older and now as i am older i i've come to understand a lot of things in my life that i didn't understand before mm-hmm. so um one of the things that um i wanted to talk about was kind of like love mm-hmm. right we look at love and heartbreak in the current time as just pain agony and sometimes people look at it as like resentment mm-hmm. but now that I'm 28 and I look back on these things, I can appreciate rejection. I can appreciate my friendships that were built out of, um, out of these things. Mm-hmm. 
because I understand my character and I understand my personality now and how those things have attributed to who I am. Mm-hmm. And even <clears throat> even having a relationship with your sister, you know, having that brother-sister relationship, it's built me, maybe in the current time I couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm 28 and I, I can look at it from a perspective where I see how much I've done for people and how much they can appreciate it. I see the the meaning behind all of it now. I feel like love has a lot to do. <clears throat> love is very, it's good and it's bad in a sense where, where, um, how do I say this? It, it's bad because some people during those tough times it really gets to them and it brings them down and they don't see it as as a possible learning as a learning lesson yeah where where yes this person did bad to me this person did this this person did that they treated me this way but if you think about it yes they did all that but now you know how you should be treated like for example yeah and i think it's something that people need to go like for me I've always said to you that I've had three true loves in my life. Mm -hmm. The one that helped me with my career, the one that pushed my career, and the one that I'm with currently. These things are very important to me because all of it is attributed to who I am now and why I am the way I am. You know, a lot of people don't understand why you say that. And... I say this especially because whenever you talk about it to your parents or to like cousins, friends, family, they don't understand and they almost think it's hurtful that you say that to me. But I'm very grateful. You know, at first when you said it, like this was like very at like in the beginning of our relationship, I I hated it that not hate, but I didn't like it that you that you kept saying those things because it was almost like a comparison from who who I was to them because they are very different from how I am but now that I'm you know my way of thinking's changed all that stuff I'm very grateful because they they attributed to who you are now you know to to who you will become later on too because it's not like you just forget about them I'm I'm very grateful that you've come to understand that side of me because it's a very important side to me that I'm not willing to um, put away, mm-hmm. right? These are people in my life that have built me to be this way. They are, they are not, you know, they're all my acquaintances and they're my friends, you know, and we're still friends to this day and we're still acquaintances to this day. But having, having those particular moments in my teens and early 20s has helped build me to be this way and i was very appreciative of it mm-hmm. because now when i look at my relationships with them it's a very strong friendship mm-hmm. i still have my friendships with them and even when um we had falling outs i could lean on these feelings to go back and reach out to bring back that friendship in my life mm-hmm. And now that I'm 28, 
you know, a lot of it has meaning to me. A lot of it has, um, I want to say like a photo in my scrapbook. You know what I mean? Like in my memory scrapbook where I can remember things about these people that have attributed to the happiest times of my life. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's exactly like you say, it's not to compare each and every one of you guys. I'm never going to do that because each and every one of you guys was extremely different from the last. Mm-hmm. You know? These are things that I appreciated because of these people. Mm-hmm. I will always say that my first love taught me what it was to work harder. My second love taught me what it was like to stay connected to my passions. And you taught me what it was like to bring together everything that I had learned and put it into one. Mm -hmm. And that is what I mean by when now I have meaning to things that I didn't see before. Because in the time, you know, you're you're heartbroken, you're you're embarrassed, you're 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 all these things that don't allow for you to see what you will one day. Yeah. Something about that quote that really got me was also like when I was reading it and when I stumbled upon it was thinking back to like my relationship with your sister. Mm-hmm. Not your baby sister, but your your sister. Because I know that when your baby sister came into the picture, there were moments where your middle sister thought that maybe like I didn't love her anymore. Mm-hmm. The best way to say it was it's not that I didn't love her. But I loved her a lot more because of your baby sister. Your sister is a very stubborn person. She doesn't like to show people emotions. She doesn't like to ask for help. Yeah, she's very independent. Very, Mm -hmm. very independent. And there are these things about our relationship that I'm very, uh, very grateful for. That has taught me to be a better person for myself and for my own brothers and sisters. Because I wasn't like that before. I wasn't a good brother before. That's something that put perspective into my life was, how could I treat this girl that I didn't know like a sister, but I couldn't treat my own brothers and sisters like brothers and sisters. So having that relationship with your sister, the the brother and sister bond shaped my perspective of how I was looked at by other people. Mm-hmm. So that's why, like, one of the things that I really wanted to do was to come back here to Kitchener and build my relationship again with my brothers and sisters. Because now I had that gauge of, okay, this is what it's like to be caring. This is what it's like to be loving. This is what it's like to do things that I hadn't done before. Mm-hmm. And I, I hear from my brothers and my sisters all the time that, oh, you're very different than you were when you left. I have meaning now to a life that had no meaning before. Mm. I think I'm grateful for each and every part of my life now as a 28-year-old. And I will continue to live life and be appreciative of those things. And maybe one day as I get older, understand those moments and be appreciative 
of the new meanings that I have in life. You know, for you, I saw you go from a very selfish child <laughs> to a person with a whole new meaning when your baby sister was involved. Yeah. I feel like that was more so because I knew I had to give her a better life or, or, or try to give her something better. Try to make sure that her childhood wouldn't be the same same as mine. It's not that my childhood was bad. I had the best memories. Actually, the only memories, fond memories I have with my parents are when we are when my sister and I were younger. You know, when things weren't so so busy, so on the go. Yeah, so complicated. So, mm-hmm. so I wanted to give her that, but more so the trauma that that's what I didn't want to give to her. I didn't want her to have that trauma that I had growing growing up because those are things that affect me still to this day. You know, like I don't think I ha- it's not that the quote doesn't resonate with me. I think it does, but maybe on a on a different perspective per se. Um for me it was more like everything that my mom told me that would happen when you're when you are an adult like the bills or during the hard times these are things that might happen it really makes sense to me now now that i've now that i've lived on my own well you know like that's the thing too right was i was your i think i was your first boyfriend so you really didn't go through much in the dating um in the dating range to be able to resonate with that you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but you were my first and my only boyfriend and then now you're my husband so i i cannot resonate with the three loves just like you do yeah um but so (laughs) the way you resonate with this is uh is on a lot more of um is on a lot more personal and not intimate right Mm because Your life, I don't want to say that your life had no meaning, but your life, it was before, m- your sis, before your baby sister came along, your life was very stagnant. Mm, you know, stagnant, yes, but I felt like it was more so just, it was on repeat every day. It was wake up, go to school, um, come back home, do homework, sleep, repeat. It was it was like that every day, but then when my baby sister came along, that's when it it broke, and I realized that I needed to set a better example for for both my sisters, not only just my baby sister, but both of them, you know, because during that time was when was when my dad passed away, and you know me having to grow up. It was all of those things, and and as much as as much as I want to be there for my sister, I really, for me emotionally, I had to check out and and just like try to process everything. You know, there's something. So the thing about this quote is what it really stands for. And that's why I think I resonated with this so much is because if you think about it, 
life is nothing without us putting something into it to make it meaningful. Yeah. And when I think about that, it you could go through life without doing anything and be okay. Mm-hmm. But, but when you die... Would you really say that you lived your life? Yeah. And I totally get that where... You know, that quote, it, it makes sense because for us to say we are living, we have to do things or we have to try like 100% every day. You know, it's that saying live like it's your last day. Yeah. It, that, that quote really is it because then when you have kids and then they have kids and we tell them our stories, that's when we can really think about it and say, wow, we really did live our life. Yeah. Because like... <clears throat> It's as simple as saying, um, it's as simple as, um, it's as simple as how I was very against alcohol and, um, and like, uh, weed and all that kind of stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go and say, I've come to understand that the people that I've met are very irresponsible with those substances Mm -hmm. so putting that kind of rule on it and not seeing responsibility with it was it 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 misconstrued a lot of the way i thought about certain things Mm -hmm. but now that you know i i i drink for very special occasions Mm -hmm. or like now that i'm using cbd for like my anxiety and sleeping it's opened my eyes to this whole perspective of responsible people using substances for for um for things that they need Mm -hmm. and it's not like you're just leisurely doing them it's it's more so like for example, if you have anxiety, you use it to help with your anxiety, not because you just you just want to feel the high for that time, and you just want to forget about all your responsibilities yeah. and out there. But and and that's why, like, when I say um, this quote resonates with me, is because when I look at kids and they're smoking weed and they're drinking and they're doing it irresponsibly, life has no meaning at that point. Mm-hmm. you're just doing something for the sake of doing something and nothing comes out of it. I've seen, I've seen people unnecessarily hurt themselves for the sake of the people that they're with. Right. But now let's say now that I have this podcast and I really want to get guests that are responsible users that use this these substances for proper use. Mm-hmm. Like there's, um, there's a company called Schedule 35 and they do uh, shrooms, but they do shrooms in the way uh, like CBD for anxiety, for all that kind of stuff. To me, if you can use that for responsible usage f- to help you with certain things in life, that intrigues me. It, it, it's put a whole new spin on Things that I'm not used to seeing. I'm not used to understanding. These are things in life that now, it didn't have meaning before to me. Alcohol, these substances, it it doesn't have meaning to me before. But now it's something that is very meaningful to me. Because 
if I can understand CBD and I can understand THC and I can research into it and I can continue to learn about these things, to me, my thought process is, oh, I can help my wife sleep. I can help my mom stop with her anxiety. I can get my mom in a better, con- a better condition. These are things that I want to do in my life. Now it has meaning. I'm, I'm at an age where I can put meaning into things that I wouldn't have ever cared for. Mm-hmm. These are a lot of the, like a lot of these things now that I find meaning in were very meaningless to me. Mm-hmm. My relationship with, um, like when you're in your I want to say all humans look for some kind of recognition or some kind of like um, a group of people that can relate with them. Mm-hmm. So me in my teens and early 20s, I had always been searching for people to kind of be friends with. Because in high school, I didn't have friends. In college, I didn't really have friends either the friends that I was friends with, I kind of just was because it was all I, I had. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I couldn't really relate. To them. Mm-hmm. You know, they liked a lot of like rock music. I wasn't into rock at that time. I was into hip hop, but it's not stuff that I could relate to the, the, the way they talked and the way and what they were talking about wasn't something that I could relate to. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm 28, I don't have many friends. And the friends that I do have are like the one or two people that I actually cherish very much in my life. Mm-hmm. These are people in my life that have put significance into my character, into why I am the way I am. Mm-hmm. Just like you, your, your, your family. Just like my cousins, my, my mom, my dad. These are people that... You know, like, even as a 20-year-old, I couldn't see the significance of family. It took a lot for me to find that significance and find meaning in it and want more out of it. And now that I'm 28, I want family. I want to create a family of my own. I want to give more to my, more to my kids when I have it. Mm-hmm. Life, like now that I'm 28, I I do see it that way. Exactly like how the quote is: "Life is just a, is just a, a hollow suit. It's us that has to be willing to be put into life, walk through it." Give life meaning. When I look at. Now that I'm 28. I can look at. Everything that I've done throughout my life. Up until this point. There will be more to come. But up until this point. The pain. The suffering. The happiness. The. The. The resentments that I have in my life. But one day I can look at it and it will have meaning to me. It will have significance to me. I'll be able to maybe one day understand what my parents are talking about. Mm -hmm. 
maybe understand a lot more people and where they're coming from. Like for you, like when I look at it, right now, you're only starting to live life. It's mm-hmm. true. And because you're only starting, you're at a point where you still don't understand the, the meanings to everything that is happening to you. Mm-hmm. That's very true. You know, I definitely agree to that because it's, you know, like our age gap, it's, it's not big, okay? By any means, it's not like, you know, 10, 15 years. Okay? It's six years, but those six years really come into play because you've already lived that part of life that I'm just starting to go through. So, so that's why, like, whenever you talk about things like this, I, I understand, I, I don't want to say I understand how you feel because, because I, I don't yet, but, but maybe I do at the same time. Like, there are some things that I'm like, oh, you know, it, it makes sense. And I do understand it. And then the other things I'm like, um, you know, maybe not yet because I haven't been, Maybe I haven't been hurt or hurt enough to to that extent, or maybe because I haven't done this to trigger that. So it's it's almost like an eye opener every time we have conversations like this because you've gone through so much already and I'm just starting. So it, it's it's very helpful. Like it's insightful. Yeah. And I get it. Like for me, I didn't have I didn't have someone I didn't have someone to give me insight. The one like I didn't have anyone close to me to help give me insight. And my friends, they weren't people that I could look to and and, and look for insight. Mm-hmm. But the one person that opened my mind to everything was your dad. That was when my the switch in my head turned around. For me, everything switched when I met him. Because it wasn't that... Maybe because as father and son to my own dad, I didn't want to understand him. So I I, I never talked to him about what he did as a father or the sacrifices that a father has made for his kids, right? Mm-hmm. But when I got to meet your dad, it was different. He was... He's not my dad. These are not questions that these these are questions that I can ask him because I'm not going to be embarrassed about. Mm-hmm. It's almost like talking to a stranger. Yeah. Sometimes you're most comfortable talking to someone that you don't know because they don't they can give you advice without judging you for all the things that you've done before. Yeah. And w- being able to talk to your dad was one of the most blessed things that I can honestly say in my life that I'm very grateful for was the way he talked about his kids, his wife, the way he talked about his job, the way he talked about working. I had never seen a man. I had never seen someone so insightful in my life at that time. Someone to open my eyes and make me look at myself and be like, you're still a damn boy compared to this man. Because when I, like, when I 
at that age, you think you know everything. At that age, you're like, oh, you know, like, I'm doing my own shit. I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And so nothing can break you down. Mm-hmm. But the only thing at that time in my life that could break me down was the words that your dad had said. And I remember this was one of the most important nights that I will ever remember was your mom was out of town and your dad was downstairs. I'm I'm pretty sure it was like midnight to one o'clock in the morning. And I was, um, I, I don't know why I was over. Oh, Halloween. Yeah. So I, I was over and I came down wondering uh, why the light was still on. And I walk over to him and I see him and he's watching a movie. He tells me, come, let's watch a movie together. So I sat down. I can't remember what movie we were watching. I wasn't paying attention. But he looks at me and then he looks back at the TV and I look at him and I'm saying, oh, what's wrong? He goes, nothing. And then I see like some kind of sadness in his eyes. So I ask him, are you okay? He goes, he looks at me and he goes, you see this house? This is everything that I stand for. And like, I've heard that before, you know, like all Asian parents say that. Oh, my house, my car, that's everything I am. That's everything I stand for. But this time it was different. The way he said it was different. So I looked at him and I said, I know. My dad has said that too. He goes, maybe your dad and I, we, we get along. I told him, you probably will. Honestly, you, you and my dad will probably get along. Like you two are one in the same. And then he goes and he says, my wife will never understand how much I love her. And I told him, I was like, cause at that time you and I, we were still fresh dating. So there wasn't much. I, I, I didn't, I couldn't understand what love was. And then he said to me was, I'm tired. And, uh, and he kept saying to me, I'm very tired. And told him, I, I, I know you, you work almost seven days a week. He goes, it's not that. Working, you look at your wife and you look at your kids. Of course, you can work seven days a week, 365 days a year. You can do that. And so I said to him, was like, how do you do it? Because I'm, I'm just tired working five days a week at McDonald's. How do you do it? And he goes, when you love is different than when you care for someone. When you care is like you and Crystal. When you love is like me, a father to his children and his wife. And it blew my mind. That right there. It, it, it turned the switch inside my head that made me like. After we had that talk, I went back to bed and I sat there and I looked at the roof. And I kept thinking. I kept thinking to myself. I'm a fucking boy compared to this man. I will never be able to. I. How can I look at this man and say I'm working hard when 
I've done shit all compared to this man. I complain about working at McDonald's, but this man works at Tim Hortons and a fucking factory job. How can I, how can I complain? How can I compare myself? And that was when I knew to myself, my life had absolutely no fucking meaning. When I looked at a man like him, he put meaning in his life. He put meaning in everything that he did. And I was, you know, and I think that's one of the lessons that I hope that people do, kids do now. Ask. Ask your parents. Ask an elder. Ask a senior. Ask these seniors. Ask these elders these questions because what you think you're doing compared to what they have done complete shit all I've never seen a man love his wife and his kids that much but it made me realize that I was a shit son because I couldn't even it took another man to show me what my mom and my dad were doing for me. These are things that now I'm very grateful for. And that's why I always say to you is that everything I will do is for your dad. For you, your sisters. It was always for your dad. Because he taught me the greatest lesson in, in life. He taught me the greatest lesson in life. And that was what true love was. True love was his meaning in life. When, when I looked into his eyes, you know, like you look at a man, a man will never tell you how he's feeling. A man will never show you how he's feeling. Especially someone like your dad. You know, your dad was... Your dad's like five foot. Okay, he's hella short. But anything and everything, no matter what, even if he couldn't do it, he would do it. Cooking, he would just, he didn't know how to cook, but I've seen him in the kitchen just, what do you need me to do? Okay, I do this for you. I do this for you. He talked to me like I was a man for the first time in my life. I was a man to someone. And I think that's what blew my mind and that's what blew everything out of the ballpark for me. Was I had had realized that the affirmations and everything that came from my friends meant shit all. It took a man it took a father, it took a husband to tell me how much he loved his family for me to understand I don't love shit. Like, I, for the first time ever, someone told me I was ungrateful in an indirect way, but I could understand that. And I was grateful for that because after his passing, 
that was one of the reasons why I stayed was because how could I leave when a man had just taught me what life just was for me? At 23, how could... At 23, I learned about life. At 23, this man... This man showed me what the true meaning of life was. It was at 23 that I started to repair my relationship with my father and my mother. It's why my dad and I, we have a great relationship now. It's why I have a great relationship with my mom. Because I owe it all to your dad. I owe it all to the man that was able to teach me certain things that no no one ever was going to be able to teach me. Pain and suffering. He taught me that. Humility. He taught me that. These are things that your dad taught me. I'm very grateful for. Every day of my life, I'm very grateful for. I'm... When it comes to... Putting meaning into life. It wasn't me that put meaning into my life. It was him that put meaning into my life after. He planted the seed of meaning into my life. And now everything I do has meaning. All my struggles in life. My pain. It was was only just about a year ago. But now, you know, I look at your dad and how can I stay mad at these people that hurt me? I can't. My dad, your dad, my mom, these are people that are logical to me. These are people that have taught me things, true meaning to life. Your dad was the one that taught me um, your dad was the one that I remember this one too was we were all at P Mall and then he let you, your mom, and your sister walk ahead. And so I saw him and so I wa- I stayed behind to walk with him and he said to me, I remember this. We were just walking past the center of P Mall. And he looks at me, he taps me on the shoulder. He goes, Look. You see how beautiful my wife? And oh my God, I've never seen a man look at a woman like that. That was the first time in my life that, wow, like, a man appreciated everything. Everything's so small. He said to me, you see how beautiful my wife is? I said, yeah. He goes, that's my wife. You see my children? I said, yeah. He goes, they eat good because of me. (laughs) And oh my God. He goes, I don't care if I wear rags. I don't care if I drive a shitty car. Because the clothes on my wife and my children's back mean more to me than what I have. 
And then he said to me, and he, he speaks broken English, but I got it was, he said to me, when I die, I want to die with nothing because they will carry everything. These are things that, you know, like, I don't want to say have traumatized me, but they've taught me things. These are things I will remember for my entire lifetime. These are things that I will teach my kid, my, my own children. It, it's, it's why when things got very rough with you and I in our relationship, I still stuck it out because I wanted a man like him to be a grandfather for my children. Even if he wasn't around. I didn't know him for that long. What, it was like two years? I only knew him for two years. And even in between two years, there wasn't much between us. He and I, we shared a similar interest, yeah. We shared um, photography. So every time we were talking, it was about cameras. Or, or he would show me pictures and I would show him pictures. But he influenced me the most in my life. For the first time ever, I saw an Asian man that was vulnerable. He didn't put up a front. He put up a front in front of his wife and in front of his kids, yeah. But for the first time ever, I saw a man that was super vulnerable. And that was what changed me. The seed was planted. And I wanted to do him no wrong in life. All I wanted was for his children to make him proud. You know, like, these are things that, you know, like, I think at my age, I can look back to and try to teach other people, give perspective to other people now. The way your dad gave me perspective. Because I've always said is that my dad and your dad are very much alike. But the difference between my dad and, and your dad was that he was my dad. And as father and son at that time, I couldn't talk to him. But your dad was different. He was like a good friend to me. Like, my life had no meaning up until that point. But I'm 28 and I can look at these things and I've put meaning into things that I never would have thought of. I put meaning into my relationships with people. I put meaning into my job. I put meaning into even my house. This house is shitty as hell. But I remember what your dad said. And as long as I can do that, then what am I scared of? I provide a roof over our head. I can provide food. I can provide shelter. I can provide security for you. And I've done your dad right. 
I just need to work a lot harder to do more. That's it. I'm still young. You're still young. You know, like, these stories that I share with you about your dad, like, I don't know if you even knew that we had these conversations. Um, I didn't even know you and my dad, like, talked. Like, when we, when you would come over and we would have, um, we would have dinner. Yeah, you know, you talk, but I didn't know that you and my dad had these conversations. These, the, we've had many conversations, actually. There are many times when I've come to sleep over and then maybe it's like five in the morning. It's funny because I'll wake up like five in the morning and I'll see your dad there with a the camera. And he's just going through the settings or he's trying to take a picture of something. Five in the morning. And I'll sit there with him. And then this is why I got very heavy into photography. Like very heavily. It was because of what he said to me. And why I. I think why photography means so much to me. Is because almost like I'm doing it for him too. Was. I woke up at 5 a.m. one night. And then he said to me. I asked him what are you doing? He goes. You see. And he was just pointing at something. I didn't, I didn't understand. So I told him, what is it? He goes, it's very small. But when you take a picture, it lasts forever. These are why I love taking something and making it beautiful. Oh, that was the first time I looked at photography that way. That's why when you look at my photos and a lot of people say that it's very dark looking. I have a very dark way of editing my photos and a, and a very weird way of taking pictures. Like I take random pictures of random things, mm -hmm. but I do it because just like him, I want to capture these moments and make them beautiful for me. They're beautiful for me. They might not be beautiful for other people, but they're beautiful for me. Some of my, like, my most proudest photo is of the one that we took on Lakeshore with the mother and her child. And that one to this day is still one of my absolute favorites. Because it was a moment that I captured that was not planned. And just like your dad, you know, it's like he says, it's beautiful to you. Just remember that. People don't need to like it. He always used to say, my wife don't like it. But it's beautiful to me. That's why I do it. As kids, we're stupid. We're ignorant. We're arrogant. But now as a 28-year-old, you know, I, I even still hesitate to call myself a man when I compare myself to the likes of my dad, your dad, 
I still hesitate to call myself a man. Because compared to these men, you know, like what we get depressed because of our job, we get depressed because of our what shit that happens in our day to day life. But then I look at these men, they have no time to be fucking depressed, they have no time to be. Fucking around and doing stupid shit. I look at them and I'm like. I'm doing shit all. The the reason why my life is meaningless is because. I'm meaningless. I'm doing nothing. I'm doing nothing to put meaning in anything. But this man that works two jobs. Works a fucking factory jobs and works at fucking Tim Hortons. Gave meaning to Tim Hortons. So what the fuck am I complaining about? What the fuck am I complaining about working an eight-hour job five days a week? That's a full-time job. What am I complaining about? I'm complaining that I have a job. I'm complaining that I'm making money. I'm complaining that I can provide. What the fuck am I complaining about? This man works seven days a week and doesn't complain. In the two years that I knew him, I never once heard him complain. In in the two years that I knew him, I had never heard him complain, even though he was fucking tired. He would sleep. That I remember, we would drive him to work, and he would sleep in the car. When he get to work, he would wake up and go to work. When we pick him up, he would sleep from in the car till he got home. I remember. And then there were days where your mom wanted to go to P-Mall right after he finished work. He would come home from work, take a shower. Your mom would drive, and he would fall asleep in the car all the way until you got there. And so what the fuck am I complaining about? I'm tired because I work my own job because I couldn't handle this shit as a kid. Now I can look at these things and appreciate what I had. I appreciate it now. But this goes out to all the fucking kids that want to complain. You complain that you work at Wendy's. You complain that you work at Tim Hortons. You complain that you work a damn measly job. But that's because your life has no fucking meaning. It took a man. It took a man to die to show me what real meaning was for life. And that's why I can appreciate what I have. I can appreciate these small things. I'm one of the reasons why, like when we got married and you asked me, do I need to change my last name? I said, do you know, just make it your middle was because number one, for my tradition, you need to carry it. But number two, because I never want I never want your dad to be forgotten. I want to carry that name until the day we both die. That is why I wanted to name my son Vincent Tuan Vang. In 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 respect for my dad and your dad. 
so that at least their legacies would never die. Because these are men that made me someone better today. These are men that showed me I was a boy. I'm 28 and I still struggle to be called a man when you, I look up to these guys. When people ask me, who do I look up to? I, I, you know, I hear people say, oh, I look up to this actor and I look up to this person. I look up to that person. The only person I will ever say that I look up to are my, my two fathers. Your dad and my dad. These are the men that I look up to. These are the men that I hope that one day I can be to my, ch- my children, to my, my, to my children, to my nieces, to my nephews. You know, like, sometimes we are, sometimes our mind is clouded and we cannot see. But I hope that with these stories that I share and these stories that I tell about the men in my life that have taught me things, that have shown me things, that you can take a step back and look at your life and give meaning to your life. Meaning doesn't have to come at 28. If you can put meaning into your life at 14, put meaning into your life at 14, go do something. We are selfish human beings. Each and every one of us. We are selfish. But when you meet the most selfless person, ask them questions. Talk to them. Because then you'll realize where you went wrong. These are things that I cherish for the rest of my life. These conversations that, you know, like, didn't last long. But they had an everlasting effect on me. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope that with what was said today really brings perspective into your lives. Remember that life is meaningless if you don't put meaning into it. Get up. Work hard. Look for purpose. Look for meaning. Life doesn't have to be as is. There are people in life that you can learn from. Learn from those people. Once again, thank you. This is your co-host and host signing off.